See you right after the international. Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the April 7th edition of the sunny side of sports. The Men's Basketball Africa League will resume its second season on Saturday, April 9th, when 2021 champion Zamalek of Egypt will host debutante Cobra Sport of South Sudan in the opening Nile Conference game. The Nile Conference also has four more clubs, FAP of Cameroon, Espor Fukash of the Democratic Republic of Congo, the Cape Town Tigers of South Africa, and Petro de Luanda of Angola. Each team will play five conference games, and the top four finishers will advance to the Basketball Africa League playoffs next month in Kigali, Rwanda. The final is scheduled for May 28th at the Kigali Arena. Cobra Sport along with Espor Fukash of the DRC and the Cape Town Tigers of South Africa, are the Nile Conference teams making their league debuts. We'll hear now from the head coach of Cobra Sport. My name is Manyang Gabriel Berberi, and um, you know I'm the head coach of Cobra Sports, uh, Sports Club. Um, Cobra Sports Club plays in the Central Equatorial Basketball uh, Association League. Um, you know we're we're happy about uh, representing South Sudan in the in the in the bow. So we're going. We're leaving on on Wednesday the sixth to go to Cairo, uh, Egypt, and um, you know we'll be competing against uh, five other clubs from across Africa. First, our first game will be against Amalek uh, of Egypt. So and then there's five other, five other clubs. There's a club from DRC Congo, there's a club from South Africa, there's a club uh, from Angola. And then from Cameroon, uh, there's a club from there. So so we're excited to play in uh, this tournament. Coach Gabriel says he's pleased with his team's preparation for the Basketball Africa League. We've had a good uh, tra- uh, lead-up. We've had a good training camp. Um, you know, obviously, Cobra, we're lucky we have our own facility here. You know, obviously, the players say, um, you know, um, the surface is good, but it can be better. You know, so... Um, so we, 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 we've, I think we've had a good lead-up. So we, I think, I think we're, we're ready going into the tournament. And um, obviously the challenges that uh, sports club have is just the general challenges in South Sudan. But, um, but obviously we're, we're working uh, towards that. The last two weeks we've been coming here in the morning, two training sessions a day. We start 6 a.m. here in the morning. And uh, so I get, I get the players to run a lot over here around the court. So we've been uh, training quite well. Now, we've signed a couple of players from the national team just to boost Cobra. So we have Padiet Wang from the national uh, South Sudan national men's team. Uh, we have Nyang Wek uh, from the national team. So, um, and then we have a couple of players because with Bal, you allowed uh, two non-players uh, that are not from Africa. You know? so, um, so we've signed two players from, uh, you know, like, uh, from the United States, uh, African-American. There's Jared Harrington and then there's Leon Hampton. 
So those ones uh, will be good. Now, the ball, they also allow one young man from the NBA Global Academy in uh, Dakar, Senegal. So there's one young man there called Kaman Malwach uh, that is uh, in the NBA Global Academy, young man, uh, very tall. You know, he's going to be joined. They're going to be bringing him to Cairo. So he's going to be also an addition to our team. So we have a squad of 13, 13 players, uh, one head coach and two uh, assistant coaches. So we're, we're excited going into the tournament. Before leaving Juba for Cairo, Coach Gabriel also had this message for the team's fans in South Sudan. We want to want to thank them uh, for their support. A lot of them have been showing us a lot of support, and um, we we're very, very happy this evening to see, um, you know, our elders from the federations. And um, so a lot of people are supporting, uh, uh, you know, Cobra. So we're very, very happy about that. Uh, you know, I just want to encourage the youth of South Sudan. Uh, sports is so important. It, uh, it unites all the youth. You know, it has no sport, has no religion, it has no tribe, it has no, you know, once you play that sport, it's the language for everyone across the world. So if you play any sport, you go anywhere in the world, you fit in very well. That's Manyang Gabriel Berberi, the head coach of Cobra Sport Basketball Club of South Sudan. Cobra Sport will be making its debut in the Men's Basketball Africa League. And thanks to Ding Magat in South Sudan's capital, Juba, for that audio. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game. Daily highlights delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Basketball Africa League 2022 is being broadcast on VOA Radio in the following languages. English, French, Portuguese... Kenya, Rwanda, and Wolof. One woman who speaks the language of hoops is former Nigerian national team player Perpetual Pepe Clement. Iron Mike Mbonye asked Pepe about season two of the Basketball Africa League. This league is uh, the biggest basketball event in Africa. It's a league every African country would love to participate in, you know, and um, it's just unfortunate that um, Nigeria is not participating because we are trying to keep our house in order. And um, presently, Nigeria is um, all hands on deck and uh, we are trying to put a lot of things in place so that we can have a better league um, this season. The mile conference of uh, Baal season two has six teams from DR Congo, Cape Town, South Africa, South Sudan, Cameroon, Angola, and Zamalek of Egypt, the defending champion. Do you think that these teams from other countries will cause an upset or make it difficult for Zamalek, who are the defending champions of Bal Season 1? Yeah, um, 
you know, Zamalek of Egypt is uh, the defending champion, yes, but um, to keep that um, to keep that position is always very difficult. You know, as the defending champion, you have to always fight very hard. Of course, there's going to be a lot of absurd and so many things going on there. The other countries will not allow that. We have stronger, very strong teams coming up to, you know, play against Zamalek. We have the BC, Esperf, Fakush of uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, a very good team from um, South Africa, you know, Cape Town Tigers, and um, Fab of Cameroon, Prito the Luanda of Angola. These are very good African teams, and they are going to put up a big fight against Zamalek of Egypt. So Zamalek of Egypt should not expect uh, something soft, you know. You know, they should. It's going to be a fight to finish game. So I, I, I expect that there's going to be a lot of um, actions being displayed uh, for this um, league. Okay, in the Sahara Conference of the Basketball Africa League Season 2, some Nigerian players uh, represented some teams there. And in this uh, Nile Conference, too, there are some Nigerian players who are also going to play for other teams. What's your take on this? And uh, also, with the fact that uh, no Nigerian team is taking part in the BAL Season 2. Like I said, Nigerian team, you know, we are trying to put our house in order and uh, and we are doing a great job. You know, Nigeria has always been good in basketball. But for the Nigerian players that are playing in uh, other teams, I think, you know, they are trying to develop themselves, and which is a very good thing to me. And I give kudos to them. You understand? So, you know, it gives them the opportunity of playing in the national team, you know, for maximum self-development. That is what I see. You know, you don't, you play for, for other European, you know, you play for other clubs, you know, to try to prove yourself. We have so many good Nigerians playing in even European League in the, you know, in college basketball everywhere. So, it's, for, it's good for them and it, it brings out the best in them, you know, like I said, for maximum sports self-development. That's Perpetual Pepe Clement, a former member of Nigeria's national women's basketball team, and Pepe was talking with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abuja, Nigeria. Sporting greetings. This is Perpetual Clements, a.k.a. Pepe, former national women basketball player and board member of Kwara Basketball Association. And you're listening to Sony Side of Sports on The Voice of America. Thanks. Thanks, Pepe. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address 
facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle at VOA Sunny Sports. The Basketball Africa League is a partnership between the International Basketball Federation, FIBA, and the National Basketball Association, the NBA. In NBA action Wednesday night, the Boston Celtics easily beat the host, Chicago Bulls, on their way to their 50th win of the season. The AP's David Schuster reports from Chicago. Jalen Brown scored a game-high 25 points as the Celtics led wire-to-wire, easily defeating the Bulls 117-94. Al Horford and Jason Tatum each contributed double-doubles, with Horford notching 17 points and 10 boards. I'm doing okay. You know, this season I've been able to, you know, to stay healthy, you know, for, for most of the season. And, and um, and you know, our medical staff has done a really good job with me and, um, you know, really you know, kept me, kept me on the court. Boston has now won three in a row in nine of their last 11 and now find themselves all alone in second place in the East. DeMar DeRozan led the Bulls with 16 points, but the Bulls continue to have problems against the better teams in the East as they are now one in 14 against the top four. David Schuster, Chicago. Thanks, David. Like the Celtics, the Dallas Mavericks won their 50th game of the season Wednesday night, trouncing the host Detroit Pistons 131-113. to Slovenian star Luka Doncic came close to a triple-double for the Mavericks, tallying 26 points, 8 rebounds, and 14 assists. Dallas is currently the number four seed in the Western Conference for the upcoming playoffs. The Mavericks have two games left in the regular season, and they're only a half game behind the Golden State Warriors for the number three position. Playoff positioning in the NBA in Southern California. The Los Angeles Clippers edge the NBA leading Phoenix Suns by four points. The AP's Mark Myers reports from Los Angeles. The L.A. Clippers held off the NBA's top team, the Phoenix Suns, 113-109. to L.A. went up by 39 in the third quarter. The Suns got within four in the closing seconds before running out of time. Clips coach Ty Lue says his team got complacent. You can never relax in the NBA. You know, these, the players are too good, the coaches are too good. And as soon as you let your guard down, things like this happen. So um, this is a learning, learning experience from that standpoint. L.A. already assured a spot in the play-in tournament was led by Norman Powell with 24 points. It was fun. You know, um, uh, I was ready to come back. Um, you know, I'm excited for uh, what we're building here. In a game with little on the line, the Suns rested four starters. They got a team-high 20 points from Ish Wainwright. Mark Myers, Los Angeles. Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. 
whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In African men's football, one of our big recent stories was the Black Stars of Ghana qualifying for their fourth World Cup tournament. The Black Stars beat the Super Eagles of Nigeria in a two-match World Cup qualifying playoff. The first match in Kumasi, Ghana, ended in a scoreless draw. The second match in Abuja, Nigeria, ended in a one-all draw. The Black Stars advanced to football's premier event on the away goals rule, setting off celebrations throughout Ghana. In this encore sunny side of sports presentation, let's listen in again to this report from our friend in Accra, Kwabena Quicksilver Ofori. An exceptional jubilation throughout Ghana by soccer fans changed the country's atmosphere last evening after the Black Stars defeated the Super Eagles to qualify to Qatar 2022 FIFA World Cup. The principal streets of Accra and Kumasi and other cities saw Ghanaians troop in their numbers, dancing, cheering and praising their team for putting up that great performance at the Mushud Abiola Stadium in Abuja. Ghana's president, Nana Akufuado, congratulated the team. You lifted the spirit of the nation and now the nation has every reason to look forward to your performance in Qatar. Everybody's going to be behind you, and we're going to give you all the maximum support that we can. The ministry, the officials of the Ghana Football Association, the Ministry of Youth and Sports, and all the organizations in the, in the, in the state that work with sports and football will give you all the support that they can. That was the president of the Republic of Ghana, Nana Adodankwa Akufo Adu. Ghanaian football analyst John Amwa overwhelmed by Ghana's victory in a solemn reaction. What a wonderful performance. The Blasters has proved that they, they are really good. The Blasters shocked the whole of Nigeria with that splendid performance. Nigerians least expected this defeat but the blasters have done it. Congratulations. I believe they should send a serious warning to other teams that will be meeting the blasters at Kota 2022 tournament. Go, 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 blasters. Congratulations, blasters. Congratulations and go, go, Ghana. For the sunny side of sports, Kobno for reporting. Thanks, Kwabena. In an interview with Iron Mike Mbonye, the chief football writer at ACLSports.com, Fisayo Dairo, said the Black Stars were deserving winners of the World Cup qualifying playoff. I think it was a good game of football, and it was a game in which the most deserving of the sides went through. Although it ended draws all either way, 
goalers in Kumasi and one all in Abuja, but the Ghanaians progressed on away goals rule. And based on what they did on Tuesday evening in Abuja, no one could argue the fact that they deserved to progress. They went ahead, could see of Thomas Partey's goal, and although Nigeria did react very well, created a number of chances, scored from the penalty spot. In the second half was when it was going to be definitive, but Nigeria failed to, to up their game. The Ghanaians defended stoutly and had more opportunities to hit the Nigerians at the break. So it was, in the end, um, a very positive feeling for Ghanaians. They got one over the Nigerians because the last time they met in World Cup qualifying, it was the Nigerians that laughed last in 2001, over 20 years ago. This time, it is time for the Ghanaians after missing out of the 2014 World Cup finals. They go into Qatar in November to be one of Africa's five representatives. Nigerian coach Osine Guavo made some changes in the game against Ghana in Abuja. Did they make any difference? Iguavon made five changes in all to the team that started the first leg in Kumasi. And initially, one could argue that the changes brought some positive contributions to the team, especially in the first half. Calvin Bassi at left back was marauding, delivering crosses. Adimola Lukman was obviously one of Nigeria's best players in the first half, along with the striker of Seamen. Organicari had also stabilized things in the middle. So, yes, initially it worked, but the guys really tired out quickly. And in the second half, it Almost three or four of them were removed from the game. So in the end, you might say that the changes did not bring about the desired effect. But it all goes about the team. We can't pin it on these changes. They gave their all in the first half. The team dropped its tempo in the second half drastically. No urgency. And um, the half chances that came the way of the attackers could not be converted. That said, the team failed as a group. And cannot be pinned on individual players. Fisayo, what's the assessment of the Ghanaian team that qualified for the Qatar 2022 World Cup? One thing the Ghanaian team have going for them is their will and determination, especially as we saw in the second of yesterday. They have a bunch of experienced players, a handful of youngsters of an agent rose up in the second half and ran out of the Nigerian defence at will on the break. Of course, of Atawu and Mohamed Kudus are always as good as they can be very exciting and exuberant youngsters. And the experienced ones, from Thomas Pate to Daniel Amati to Jiku, these guys brought in their A game and showed what they are capable of doing at this level. A whole lot to rest on them should Ghana be able to make an impression at the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. They do not have a team as strong as they were in 2010 when they got to the quarterfinal stage. Maybe their best could be the second round of the World Cup, but there's still a lot of time between now and November to add some more additions. The manager, Dan Otoado, has shown that he's a cerebral man and could bring the best out of the team. Yes, they didn't win any of the two games, but they got the result that took them to the finals. And they have enough time to add even more players. There are some players born in Europe that they've been running after, likes of Mohamed Stalisu of Southampton, Odoy of Chelsea. If these runs could come, then maybe they could add some solidity to the team as well. That's Fisayo Dairo, the chief football writer at ACLSports.com.
And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abuja, Nigeria. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Encounter. Next up, our periodic U.S. politics update with veteran analysts John Fortier and Jim Kessler. They spar over U.S. policy to support Ukraine, isolate and punish Russia, the historic confirmation of the first black woman to the U.S. Supreme Court, and headwinds for Democrats in the run-up to the November midterm elections. That's Encounter this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Thanks, Carol. I'm Sonny Young in Washington. And you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Wednesday was a very good day for Spanish football clubs in the UEFA Champions League competition. Real Madrid and Villarreal both posted first leg quarterfinal victories. VOA's Gwen Uten joins us now with reaction from the winning and losing managers. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. Real Madrid turned the first leg of Wednesday's quarterfinal tie in their favor. Real defeated Chelsea 3-1 thanks to a remarkable hat trick by French striker Karim Benzema. Real are hoping to extend their record 13 Champions League titles and coach Carlo Ancelotti said while his side has the advantage going Going into their second leg match, the playoffs are still up for grabs. Ancelotti says the fact that there is no longer the double points for away goals gives Chelsea an advantage. We respect them a lot as a team, and we will continue to respect them because they are a good team. I think Real Madrid were better today, but there is still another match and anything can happen. Chelsea are the reigning title holders in the Champions League, and at the start of the season, they were the team to beat in the Premier League. But they have slipped to third place in league standings and suffered a surprise 4-1 home defeat last weekend to Brentford. And now, with their second consecutive home loss against Real Madrid, Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel says his side is at a crucial point in the season. Because we have to find our level back. I didn't know. I don't know where it is. But uh, since national break, the, the first half is a. Is a um, is a repetition of the of the second half against Brentford and in a, in a quarter final against Real Madrid. Um, so far, of our our level in absolutely everything, what the game demands, that you you cannot expect a result from 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 this kind of performance. And uh, we have to get the things ready for Saturday and don't think about uh, Bernabeu today because on Saturday we face we face Southampton and if we continue to play like this, we will not get a point there. Villarreal entered the Champions League quarterfinals as underdogs, but they were able to pull off a stunning 1-0 victory over six times European Cup winners Bayern Munich. And afterwards, Villarreal coach Unai Emery said despite the win, his side must remain cautious ahead of their second leg match. El resultado es 1-0. Es un resultado bueno. 
And Marie says the result was 1-0. It was a good result, but obviously not enough. Things are going to get tougher. But I'm happy with how the match went. I'm happy in that we will try and play 90 or more minutes where we will have possibilities to beat them if we put our best foot forward again. Bayern are a great team. They are not used to losing. Usually they win by several goals, so we can be happy. But at the same time, we have to be prudent. Bayern were the clear favorites going into Wednesday's match, but they came up empty-handed in their first Champions League away defeat in five years. Bayern coach Julian Nagelsmann said his team lost simply because they did not play well. Grundsätzlich haben wir heute kein gutes Spiel gemacht. Nagelsmann says basically we did not play well defensively and offensively. We were not aggressive and in the end we were lucky it was only 1-0. They could have scored one or two more. We also had a chance to score but it would not have been deserved. We did not play a good game. The second leg of the Champions League quarterfinals will take place next week. Semifinal matches will be played over two legs at the end of April and in early May. And the UEFA Champions League final is May 28th at the Stade de France near Paris. And that is all for me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. And that wraps up the April 7th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.